today's scripture and word of God leads us into the mountains with the Father. In scriptures and in, in the biblical world, we know that mountains are always this meeting place between God and man. And that when the Lord leads someone up the mountain, he very often reveals himself to him. And we can think of it in a way that, you know, when you're climbing up a mountain, maybe even just physically, geographically, you're going up. You're going up. And so we can think of you're climbing into a heavenly realm, a heavenly place. And so the Lord comes to meet us at a high point. And we can also think that when we climb a mountain, there's a height there. As it says in the Gospels, you know, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And so when we get up there, when we're high, the mountaintops, we have a different perspective. Our vision can take in more. We can see more. And so in a way, we kind of take on a more divine vision when we're on the mountaintop. We can see things from a God's eye perspective, a God's vision and God's view. We know in the Old Testament that the Lord revealed himself on the mountaintops, and we, we can think of Moses, the great prophet of the Lord in the time of the Exodus, and just when the Lord is establishing his people, calling his people, forming them, and saying, you are my chosen people, my, my precious possession, more dear to me than everyone else on the face of this earth. And of the Israelites, it was Moses whom he called up on Mount Sinai. And it said that there was a cloud, a dense cloud that covered the mountain, and fire and thunder and smoke all about the mountain, and that the Lord's voice spoke to Moses in that mountain. And he gave him the covenant, he gave him the Ten Commandments, that Old Testament, the Old Covenant with the law that was to be that guiding light for the Israelites as this new people, this new chosen people of God. We also see in that same mountain that Elijah, this great prophet, when all the others in Israel had gone over to the Baals or this idolatrous worship, it was Elijah alone that was this pure prophet of God that withheld that faith in the Lord and said, we will not serve these other false gods, but we will serve the Lord. And the Lord called Elijah on the Mount Sinai and at this time there was a big earthquake and a thunderstorm and a lot of uh, fire, but the Lord spoke to Elijah in a still, small, whispering voice. But nonetheless, he met Elijah there. In the New Covenant, we also have these mountains. As we said, we're going into the mountains with the Father. And we see Jesus leading Peter, James, and John up this mountain. And this mountains in the New Testament we can speak of really two mountains, especially we have Mount Tabor here of the Transfiguration. And then later we'll see Mount Calvary with the Lord's suffering and his passion. And just as a bit of context, we know that just prior to the scene of the, of the Transfiguration, 
And we, we see that Peter confesses that, Lord, you are the Messiah. He has this kind of initial budding forth of faith, which I think the Lord delights in. But then very quickly, there's revealed that Peter has a profound misunderstanding of who the Lord is and what that means of the Messiah. And we see that Jesus begins, it says he began teaching openly that he was to be handed over, that he was to suffer greatly from the priests and the scribes and the elders and the Jews and that he would be killed. And it says that Peter took him aside and gave him a talking to. He started rebuking him and said, Lord, what are you talking about? This is, you're not gonna die. This is not, this is not your path. This is not the, what the Messiah is supposed to be. And Jesus turns and looks at all the disciples and Peter as well, and he says, get behind me, Satan, because you are thinking as human beings do, not as God does. You are seeing things in your own way of thinking, your own human perspective. You're trying, I see you're trying, but that's not how God thinks. That's not the way of the Lord. And I need to correct you, I need to rebuke you. Not because... I want to just punish you for the sake of punishing, but because I love you, I want to correct you and bring you to the deeper truth that I want to share with you. And he follows that sequence by saying to all the disciples, there's a large crowd in the disciple, and as he says, you know, to, to anyone who wants to follow me, you must pick up your cross, carry it, and follow after me. That's the only way. There is no other way. You know, I was in a, a, my novice year, and we have a, you know, a novice is a, is a, new, uh, a, a newbie, a rookie in the religious life. In my very first year in religious life, and I was, uh, we, we had a, have a place in, uh, it's kind of a, a retreat house of sorts, and uh, it used to be run by the, the Carmelites, and there was one elderly Carmelite nun there, very faithful nun, and she was there, and uh, we were there for a treat as novices, a couple of novices, and um, you know, kind of all full of that zeal and fervor, like, all right, Lord, you know, make me into a saint. What do I have to do? You know, and, and I remember talking to her one evening, you know, it's kind of later in the evening and, and if she was there and I thought, well, you know, she's a holy woman. You know, she's been at this a long time following the Lord. She's got some knowledge to, to share, some wisdom. So I said, you know, sister, you know, what does it take to be a saint, to be really holy? You know, it seems like, you know, it's not a lot of people find a way, but what, what's, what's it take to really be holy? Have any words of advice? And she said, you must remember that we follow a crucified master. And so many people, when they come to the cross in their lives, they turn back. So many people see the cross, it terrifies them and they turn back. But she said, if you wanna persevere, if you wanna grow in deep holiness and sanctity, be faithful to that cross. Don't be afraid of it. The Lord's trying to shape you, to transfigure you, to transform you into his own divine life. So don't be afraid to follow the crucified master. As we continue with our apostles going up to Tabor, they do see this transformed glory of the Lord. And it's, they get this glimpse of glory that it's like the divine nature of the Lord, who he really is, that he's kind of, in a way, is hidden. 
in his, when he's walking about in his human nature, there's just like this burst of glory that his divine nature comes through. And they see who he really is in the depths of his person. And we can think of Moses as of old, it's said, you know, when he was on the mountain with the Lord, his skin was so radiant that he had to cover it. And here we see Jesus, this divine glory radiating through him. Because here is God himself in the person of Christ, his divine glory shining through that divine form, that divine nature. And then we have the cloud once more, which is a sign of that Holy Spirit, that Shekinah glory cloud that we see in the Old Testament. And then we certainly hear the voice of the Father saying, this is my beloved Son, listen to him. So we have a revelation of the Trinity, the Father's voice, the Holy Spirit in the cloud, Jesus, the incarnate word on the mountaintop. And it's as though the Father is saying, let me reorient your, your vision. Let me recalibrate your heart. Let me share with you my divine perspective. Because we follow a crucified master. The Lord is going to suffer greatly. He's going to be handed over. But don't let that weary your hearts too much. Because look at the glory that is here. This is the glory that is here now and the glory that is to be revealed. As St. Paul speaks to us, he says, I consider as nothing the sufferings of this life as compared to the glory that is to be revealed for us. And so we can imagine Peter and James and John, you know, as they carried this forth with them from Tabor, facing the cross at Calvary, they remembered the glory of the Lord and it gave them a power and a strength to be able to endure it. I'm thinking of the, um, maybe, maybe many of you, perhaps all of you, uh, have a GPS, you know, and uh, you know, it, it helps you to track your way through, through, you know, in your car, you're going to, to get where you need to go. And sometimes it happens that we take a wrong turn and we're kind of like deviating a little bit and we're kind of off the course. And the GPS goes, you know, recalculating, recalculating. You got to get back on the course. Let me reroute you. I think this is what the Lord is doing today in this transfiguration for, for Peter and James and John, is that we have this vision of the Lord and following him and this glory and this blessing, which is all true. We have to remember that the Lord says, I want you to see it from my perspective, that there, there is a cross, there is a suffering, there is a trial, there's a a recalculating, a recalibrating of the heart. And when we face the cross in our lives, and every one of us will face the cross, maybe we're facing it right now, maybe it's to come in the future, but we will face the cross. But we need not be afraid of it, as that beautiful Carmelite sister told me. Because it's precisely in the cross that the Lord is shaping us, he's forming us, he's stretching us for a greater glory and it's a hard work to turn man into God. But that's the work of the cross, the transfiguration, the changing of form. If we're to become like the Lord, if we're to be transformed into his glory, to participate fully in that divine nature, be divinized, which is the goal of the Christian life, then we have to see that cross 
as that divinely appointed means in our life to shape us, to form us, to stretch us so that we can be like this in the deepest places and in the interior of our hearts. That we're nailed to the cross, but we're not groaning, we're not grumbling, we're not complaining because we know that if we embrace it, if we offer ourselves as a self-gift to the Lord and to others, that is godliness. That is to be in the image of God. And it's through the cross that we have our own transfiguration from our human nature into this full participation in the divine glory that is Christ come to full maturity in you and I. And so we ask ourselves today, especially through Mary, the gate of heaven, she who has this divine vision of the Lord, she shares the same perspective as the Lord from the very first instant of her being all the way to the end. She has those eyes of God to see her life through the divine lens. And so we ask her for that grace today, the grace that she had to see everything in our life, the glimpses of glory on Mount Tabor and the sufferings on Calvary, to see in them that the Lord is shaping you and I, that he's forming us to be like himself. And that perfect image of the Lord. And so as we continue with his Eucharistic liturgy and the Lord is once more going to be here in his radiant divine glory, we pray for the eyes of faith to see that, to experience it. And if there's something in our life that we're like, Lord, I don't understand this. I don't get this. Why am I suffering the cross? Why am I suffering this difficulty? Why must I experience this trial? Remember what the Lord said, that the Son of Man must suffer greatly. And as his followers, we follow a crucified master, and you and I will suffer too. But through it, the Lord is bringing us to the kingdom, and he's making us like himself, that we may fully share in the divine vision that divine glory. And so Mary, we ask you, please intercede for us today. Reveal to our hearts what that area is in our lives that we don't understand, that we don't get, that we wish it would be different. Help us to see that the Father's hand is in it and that through it, he is shaping us. He is forming us to be like himself, the crucified master, walking through the cross into the gate of heaven, to the glories that are to be revealed for us in the kingdom of heaven to come. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. 
Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.